Welcome to the Battle Cry Podcast with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. You can watch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Convention of States Facebook and Rumble channels. Hey guys, welcome to the Sunday Night Battle Cry. I'm Mark Meckler. I'm your host for the Battle Cry. I'm always happy to be with you. Sometimes I can't because I'm out and about traveling. This week I'm home and I'm very glad to be home on the weekends. And you might have noticed I'm growing my fabulous beard. Now this is unusual. If you've known me for a while, you'll see me grow it. Generally no shave November. But what I find in my house is my wife is in charge of the beard. Like if she likes it, it stays. If she doesn't like it, it's gone. I'll do it in November because it's no shave November. But other than that, it's up to Patty. She's got to look at me and, you know, I don't got to look at me very much. So this year I had a new strategy though. Like I wanted to get the warrior beard going, like the real beard. And so I've just been meticulous about it. You know, I know a lot of you guys are going to hate this, but like, you know, I, I brush it. I put stuff in it. I trim it. Like I'm taking care. I feel like I'm grooming a poodle, right? I got Winston back here somewhere. He doesn't need any of that but the beard does. So anyway, if you like the beard, comment, send in a note to us. If you hate the beard, do the same thing. If you think I'm ridiculous because I'm talking about it, you're welcome to complain about that too. What I want to talk about this week is I want to talk about our call to action and really my theme. And this is something that has me pumped up. You know, I've been, I've been talking lately about being positive and having hope, uh, being of good cheer and, and not just looking at all the negative stuff. There's so much good stuff going on in the country right now. If you have that attitude and if you're willing to look for it, then I just got to keep encouraging you to do that. Again, I'm not Pollyanna-ish. I think there's a lot of problems. We're living through a very dark period right now. Maybe Certainly the darkest in my lifetime, I would say, not even maybe, but there's a lot of good stuff going on. And so what I want to encourage you to do is be a champion. And if you want to know what a champion looks like on the public stage, if you want to see it writ large, I got to tell you, you got to look at Jim Harbaugh. Now, I know this will hurt some of you. But Michigan national champs, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Michigan fan, so I admit it. You may not like that, but I like Michigan. It's a family thing. My son-in-law is from Michigan, and so that's how we sort of married into being Michigan fans. 15-0 and 0 season, great guy, humble guy, strong Christian guy who, who speaks about his Christian values all the time openly. He's not afraid. He won't be cowed. So here's a guy, the team goes 15-0, and 0, all the credit to him and his guys. And if you listen to the guys – on the Michigan Wolverines team. Listen to them talk about their victories. And none of them do the, I'm so cool, I'm the best, I'm the baddest. They all give credit to God and to their teammates and to the coach. And the coach gives credit to the team and to God and his coaching staff. I mean, it's just a wonderful thing to witness. It's how I remember sports being when I was growing up. The guys that we admired, they were clean players. They let the game speak for themselves. They were disciplined. They weren't trash talkers. And so I love Jim Harbaugh. I think he's a champ. I mean, he's demonstrated by winning a national championship, 15-0. I think every NFL team wants the guy right now. I don't know where he's going to end up. That's going to be really interesting to see. But what a champ. And here's the thing that puts him, like, over the top for me. So we had the March for Life, and it was very snowy day out there. I don't know exactly how many people have attended. I haven't seen the, the attendance figures. It'll be upwards of 100,000 people in the snow in D.C. marching for life. I love this. I've never had a chance to go. It's on my bucket list. Jim Harbaugh was there. Harbaugh is there, and he talked about how important the right to life is. And this is something he's talked about openly previously, but the fact that here is a national sports figure right now, one of the most prominent 
national sports figures in the United States of America. And he is not shy about his values. He's not shy to be a Christian. He is a champ. He's a champ for the Lord. He's a champ in his game. He's a champ for his guys. You know, you can read about him and how staunch he is in his pro-life stand. He tells his team members and his staff, if you ever end up in a situation where you have an unwanted pregnancy, he encourages them, have that baby, and me and my wife will take care of it. How incredible is that? Like, talk about putting it, putting your money where your mouth is, putting your actions as a champion into play. He's a champion for life. And he tells guys on his team, young guys, you get a girl pregnant and it's a problem for you. Me and my wife will take care of that baby for you. I mean, I just, it kind of blows me away. I've never heard anybody else say that in such a personal way. So I got to say, be a champ, stand up for what you believe always, no matter the pressure. And if you want an example of what that looks like, look at Jim Harbaugh and uh, happy to say Wolverines national champs. Sorry about that for the rest of the country. Uh, I want to switch to something that's not so positive, although there is a positive aspect to it. And that is the standoff in Shelby Park in Eagle Pass, Texas right now. Y'all know I live in Texas. I mean, like I throw in a little y'all there for you. I'm a Californian. I had to adapt when I moved here five years ago. So y'all know Shelby Park in Texas is the place where Governor Abbott has put fencing around this park. This park was literally a magnet for illegal uh, border crossers, right? And they literally would find it pinned in their phones when they're coming up from Central America and South America, get to Shelby Park. That's the location pinned in their phones. So Governor Abbott had the state of Texas, the, the State Guard of Texas, the DPS, our Department of Public Safety, seize that park, fence it off, no more magnet for migrants. It's now headquarters for DPS and the Texas National Guard there. And now there's a standoff because he has given orders. Border Patrol is not allowed in there. Now, I want to be really clear. If there's an emergency, if Border Patrol needs to get into the water, they're welcome to use the boat ramp there with the permission of DPS. There was an incident in the last week where the Biden administration alleged that three illegals drowned in the river, two children and an adult, because they said Texas had sealed off this area and wouldn't let Border Patrol in. Turns out that was a lie. Wait, what? Are you surprised? Something coming out of the Biden administration about the border was a lie? Of course you weren't surprised. You would be surprised if something came out of the Biden administration about the border that wasn't a lie. So here's the real deal. Apparently, those illegals had drowned in the river an hour before Border Patrol even asked for access. Uh, this is according to the Mexican authorities that dealt with that drowning. So it had nothing to do with the presence of DPS or Texas's seizure of Shelby Park. Now, I got to say, I'm really proud of what the governor's done here. I don't always like what Governor Abbott does, but I think he's doing a good job. This is a serious standoff with the federal government. Probably the most serious standoff in my lifetime, in your lifetime. Maybe the most serious standoff since the Civil War. I don't know. You, you didn't see standoffs. like Maybe since the Civil Rights Movement. This is Texas reasserting her sovereignty against the federal government. I think it's a great thing, and I think we have every legal right to do so. I was a skeptic. They were not initially arresting uh, illegals who are coming across the border. Now they're arresting them. So you've got literally Texas law enforcement arresting them. They're also by their presence at Shelby Park. By the way, this is about a 1.2 mile strip. It's not just a little park. By their presence there, they have now pushed the migrants to a different point on the river where there's a lot less crossing. It's a lot harder for them to get to these uh, detention centers, quote unquote, or processing centers. So I think it's a great thing that the governor's doing. I got to say, I'm really proud of my friend, 
uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton, because he has said as the top law enforcement guy in the state of Texas, nope, we're not backing down. We're not giving up. We don't care what the federal government tells us to do. We have the legal right to do this, and we're staying in. That case is going to make its way up through the courts pretty quickly. But right now, Texas is winning that standoff, and I really love that. I think that part is good news. Number three today is about Sports Illustrated. Now, I don't know about you guys. I'll be 62 years old in March, and I grew up on Sports Illustrated. I mean, this is how I learned what I knew about sports. I was a football fan as a kid. I played football, and I used to love when the new edition of Sports Illustrated came out. They had the greatest action shots. You know, we're spoiled now. We see all of that on the internet almost in real time or in real time. But back then, if you wanted really good photography, really good action shots, great sports reporting, Sports Illustrated was the place. And I got to say, you know, as a 13, 14 year old boy, I didn't mind the uh, swimsuit edition very much either, right? It was always a good edition to get the swimsuit edition when that came in. Sports Illustrated just announced they are laying off all of their employees. Uh, I don't know if it'll be resurrected, but right now, Sports Illustrated is dead. That's very sad for my memories as a young man growing up with Sports Illustrated and and learning about so much about the world of professional and college sports in Sports Illustrated, uh, learning so much about swimsuits, of course, in the swimsuit edition. It makes me sad, but I think it might be because they had a man pretending to be a woman on their Sports Illustrated cover a year or two ago. Like it, they went with uh, really fat people in bathing suits, fat women in bathing suits. They Now they're going for the body positivity now they're going for men in women's bathing suits. Uh, yeah, you think the maybe the 14, 15-year-old boys and the 60-year-old men, they're not going for that anymore. So they're not, they're not into woke sports. They want sports, sports. They have a lot more choices now, of course, with everything digital going on. Uh, but I think it's great because what you see is another woke institution, or actually what was a good institution that got taken over by the woke is dead at least partially because it went woke. So sad to see that pass, a little bit melancholy about that, but it's good because it went dead for some of the right reasons, which is it went woke. And we love the saying, when it works, go woke, go broke. All right, that's uh, that's Sports Illustrated. I'm, gonna, I'm jumping all over the place, so forgive me here. This is how I do it. I'm kind of ADD. I like to be all over the place anyway. It's how I read the news. I'm gonna talk a little bit about Davos and the World Economic Forum, the WEF. If you don't know what that is, it's not an international wrestling league. It's the WEF is a place where a bunch of very wealthy people, uh, corporate heads, wealthy family heads, uh, heads of state, bureaucrats go, get together, and they talk about how they're going to control the world. I'm not exaggerating. That's not hyperbole. That's really what they talk about, how they're going to make, and they even use these words this year, a new world order, how they're going to be able to tell you and me what to do. This is the place where they said that you and I won't have any property and we'll be happy about it. This is the place where they said they're going to end greenhouse gas emissions and they're going to do that by making sure that you can't even fly commercially. It's only for necessary trips, right? And they'll decide what's important. Uh, not you. It's not whether you want to go visit your grandma. It's whether they think you're doing the right thing. They will decide what kind of car you can drive. They'll decide what kind of fuel can be in it. They'll decide how big your house can be. They'll decide if you're going to eat bugs. And the answer is yes, according to them. This is the kind of stuff they talk about at the World Economic Forum. I'm not doing comedy. This is the real deal. 
But there were a couple of highlights this year that you need to know about. First was our friend Kevin Roberts, who was formerly the head of Texas Public Policy Foundation, now the president of Heritage Foundation, one of the best conservative warriors in America, went there and he called them to task. I'm amazed they allowed him on the main stage. He was on the main stage. And he said, the idea that you hear talk about saving a liberal democracy is a joke. And he went out and he laid out six points. If you haven't seen this speech, I recommend you go watch it on the internet. He laid out six points about how wrong they were about everything. It was really an extraordinary moment. And I'm really proud of my friend, Kevin Roberts, for getting up there. I'm a little bit envious and jealous. I'd love to be on stage here to be able to do what he did, but he smacked him around. It was awesome. If that's not enough for you, if you enjoy that sort of thing, which I do, uh, you know, I get voyeuristic joy by watching a conservative smack around a bunch of snobbish elite liberals coming together in Davos, Switzerland, then you're really going to love the speech by President Millet, Javier Millet, uh, out of Argentina. He's the new libertarian president of Argentina, and he lays it out, and he literally just absolutely smacks down the WEF and says basically everything that you guys promote brings misery, poverty, degradation, starvation. And he brings the facts. He brings the receipts, as the saying goes. He goes through what it means to have a free market economy, why free market economies are so superior to state-controlled economies. He goes through the history of economies. If you know any libertarian thought, if you've read any libertarian thought, you'll know a lot of this stuff. Uh, but he does an incredible job delivering it, and it is the single best smackdown of the WEF that I've ever seen in my life. I was traveling this week and I put on my headset and I listened to it sitting in an airport and I was smiling and almost giggling. It's not comedy. It's not humorous. It's only humorous because you realize he's talking to all these people that think they're so much smarter than him or Trump or anybody else. And instead they just get smacked and it was fantastic. So I, He's my favorite political figure in the world right now, Javier Millet. Really wonderful. Watch that. You'll learn a lot uh, if you don't already know about all that stuff. Uh, number five, the migrant crisis is continuing, not just in Shelby Park, but inland, and not just in Texas, but all over the country. And I think we don't talk about this enough, what it's causing all over the country. And one of the most amazing things to me is to see it coming home to roost in blue states. Uh, we know Governor Kathy Hochul in New York is completely freaked out. New York is spending millions and millions of dollars housing illegal border crossers in New York City. They've been bust up there. They're going up on their own. Some of them are getting flown up there. But the city's getting overwhelmed. I know people who live in New York, or folks, still conservatives living there, who say New York is being overrun by illegals and the crime is rampant. It's not just in the city. It's outside the city. It's in the suburbs. Uh, people going up and down the streets, knocking on doors, begging for money, schools being taken over, kids being told to stay home from school because their schools have been taken over by illegals. It's a mess. So it's happening in blue cities. It's happening in Chicago. Now it's happening in Denver. There's a story in the news this week that in Denver, a major hospital is reaching financial collapse, may have to close over $136 million spent in the last year serving over 8,000 Central American immigrants who have no ability to pay their bills. This is going on. So whose hospital is that? Well, well, that's your hospital. If you're in Denver, that might be in your neighborhood. It might, might be where you would go if you had a heart attack or where your mom or dad would go if they had a heart attack or where your kid would go if they had an accident at home. And that hospital is now on the verge of bankruptcy and may go out of business because the Biden administration is forcing all these illegal immigrants, allowing them to pour across the border, forcing them out across the country. That's Denver. 
It's a blue city. It doesn't matter where you live. Red city, blue city, red state, blue state. Doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. The schools are being impacted. Our law enforcement's being impacted. The drug trade's out of control. The crime is out of control. The vagrancy on the streets is out of control. This crisis has to end. And the only way it will end is by sealing the border. And frankly, from my perspective, it will take a military operation by the United States military to eradicate at least a portion of the cartels anywhere near the border. For me, now this might sound radical to you, I'm in favor of a demilitarized zone where we clear a couple of miles from the border on the other side and make sure that we can have no cartel activity there. We don't want them anywhere near our border. We need to know that our southern border is safe. So that's what's going on. Denver crisis, Chicago crisis, New York crisis. We need to take serious action. And right now, nobody in D.C. is serious enough about this, in my opinion. In COS action this week, there was a lot. We had an incredible hearing in a Massachusetts committee. You might be saying to yourself, wait, but you're conservatives and Massachusetts is blue. And, and what are you guys doing in Massachusetts? And the answer is, we've got a power team in Massachusetts. We've got a re great regional director and Haley Shaw up there. And Michael Arnold up there, these guys, regional in the Northeast, and they brought out the troops in Massachusetts. Fantastic testimony. You can see it online. I mean, these people are pros. They're putting me out of a job. Like, that's the only problem. You know, I'm supposed to be the pro guy that goes in and testifies. They don't even need me anymore. In New Hampshire, there was a bill moving, and the intent was to rescind all Article 5 applications. We've never passed one there, but our folks were there to refute the lies that were being told about Article 5, and they did an, an absolutely extraordinary job there. Al, our state director, best testimony, uh, some of the best I've seen in the country. I mean, just solid as can be. And the whole team did an incredible job. So the Northeast, standing out as shining stars. I ended up in Kentucky this week. Rick Santorum was in Kentucky with me. We were there for the surge event at the state capitol. Despite really brutal weather, cold and snowy, I think we had about 50 people show up. We had meetings all over the Capitol. I had multiple meetings across the Capitol, including with Speaker Osborne. And I got to say, uh, Kentucky's always been hard for us. And this was the most positive reception we've ever had. I think we've built a lot of relationships there. People know we're there to stay. Look, the real problem for us in Kentucky is Mitch McConnell. He doesn't like convention states. Are you surprised that Mitch McConnell doesn't like convention of states? Do you think maybe he likes concentrated power in Washington, D.C.? Do you think maybe he wants the ability to spend as much money as he wants? Do you think he likes term? Of course not. He doesn't like term limits. And so he literally says to people in that legislature, he, he instructs them that he doesn't like it. And they don't do what Uncle Mitch doesn't like because he carries a big stick. He's got a lot of authority there in Kentucky. But I think that we're overcoming that. And I think we've got a good year on tap in Kentucky. I think we're going to get further than ever before. I'm super excited about it. And kudos to the state team. You guys made my day great. It was action-packed. It was totally organized. Uh, then that evening, I had a chance to go out to dinner with a bunch of donors in Kentucky, which was really cool. Some met a bunch of new friends. I drove from Lexington to Louisville uh, in a blinding snowstorm. That was pretty wild. <laughs> at night last night, uh, took me a couple of hours, got into the hotel about midnight, got up at 4 a.m. for a 6 a.m. flight. I'm a little tired. And by the way, 6 a.m. flight, sat on the tarmac until 8 a.m., missed my flight in Atlanta, had to catch a later flight, caught the later flight, got home to Austin on Friday afternoon, and lo and behold, no luggage. So that's kind of what happens when you're traveling a lot. 
by the way, I never get stressed about it. I don't get bent out of shape about it because if you travel a lot, that stuff happens. And especially when it's weather, you know, how can you be upset about the weather? I'm not upset about the weather. So it was a great trip. Great to be with you folks in Kentucky. Next week, I'm headed to Nashville for a couple of days doing some video shooting. Going to be meeting with some of my friends at Daily Wire. I got a bunch of friends in Nashville now, so I'm going to make the rounds. It's going to be a great trip. I'm not doing any grassroots events there, so nothing's on the calendar right now as far as I know. Uh, but I just want you to know that's what I'm doing because I go all over the country to hang out with people like you and to get the pulse of America because you guys are what make America great. And that's why we go to Q&A right now because that's my favorite part of the show. All right. So first question in our Q&A comes from Deb Rohr. Can COS do anything about states allowing illegal non-citizens to vote? I'd have to think about that because remember that a convention of states is intended to limit the scope, power, and jurisdiction of the federal government. So could we impose a restriction preventing non-citizens from voting? I'm going to have to think about that one, Deb. I wish that, you know, like everybody who's really a smart person, they all pretend that they know everything all the time. They can give the answer off the top of their head. I'm going to think about that one. And I want, I want producer G, do me a favor, producer G, put this back next week and I'll have a better answer than I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. Uh, Cutter's Corner asks, will you be in Indiana for the surge event? Uh, I don't know when that is, Cutter's Corner. I haven't seen an invitation. Did you guys invite me? I, I'll feel bad if I don't have an invitation. Uh, you know, if it's available in my schedule, I'm always happy to come. I'd love to see you guys in Indiana. Gary Schwarzenberg asks, are you planning on speaking at any service organizations? VFW, American Legion, Marine Corps League, DAV. Uh, and my answer is absolutely I pretty much go everywhere I'm asked. I'll speak almost anywhere, almost anytime, small events, large events, lots of people, not so many people. I don't really care. I'm just happy to be out and be with folks like you. So Gary, if you can get uh, VFW, American Legion, Marine Corps League, DAV, any, anybody else to invite us, then I am happy to go and speak at those events. Arcology City. Okay, that's a pretty interesting name. Arcology City said... What you're doing is 10 times more important than the presidential election. Most of the news is a sophisticated PSYOP. Well, thank you. I think it's more important than the presidential election, though I think the presidential election is really important. But I think this long-term plan, how to fix the structure of governance, is more important. I'm not telling you don't participate in the presidential election. You should. You should work. You should give money. You should give time. And you should vote for sure. Uh, but I do think that this is more important. And I agree, a lot of the news is a sophisticated PSYOP. I mean, a lot of it is designed just to discourage you and make you feel terrible, make you feel like you can't make a difference. And I'm telling you right now, you can make a difference. If you go to conventionofstates.com, you sign the petition, that'll let your legislators know you're in support. And then more importantly, click the take action tab. You know, I've been talking to people a lot about this all across the country. The real question to me is, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my duty. I'm going to work as much as I possibly can. I'm going to put as much time in as I possibly can. I'm going to put as much effort in as I possibly can. Not just for our own organizations. I'm going to support other organizations, pro-life, pro-gun, pro-property tax reform, pro-election integrity. I'm going to work personally to elect candidates. I'm going to do everything I can do to save the United States of America. That's my job. It's your job too. Because you're a citizen of the most incredible country ever to exist on the face of this earth. And there are a lot of people who have worked so that you and I can be having this conversation here on Sunday night. And if you don't do something to step up and save the country, we're going to lose the country. 
I hear all the time, well, I'm busy. I'm this, I'm that. I'm retired. I'm a grandma. I got a business. I get all of that. And I understand all of that. And all of it's true. Those are not excuses. Those are true things. But you can find 30 minutes a week or an hour a week. You can find a few bucks to donate. You have to get involved. If you believe that the country is at risk, and I know you believe that, then you have to go to conventionofstates.com, get involved. Sign the petition today, click the Take Action tab, volunteer, get involved. And I'm hoping that I get to see you on the road somewhere, and I'm going to look at you, and I'm going to say, you know what? Find me at Jim Harbaugh, if you're a champ. God bless you guys. Thanks for being with us on The Battle Cry, and we'll see you next week. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. Thank you for listening.